Hey, what's going on? And welcome to church. My name is Sam Voss, and I'm the online pastor here at Parkview. And I just want to say thanks so much for tuning in with us today online. You know, we're actually in the final week of our series, How to Be a Better Human, where we've been looking at the fruits of the Spirit and how can we as Christ followers live those fruits out to become more like Jesus. You know, this week we're actually going to be talking about love, but I would encourage you, if you've missed any of the of the past weeks of this series, to go back and check it out and watch it. You can go to parkviewchurch.com slash messages to do that. I know for me, it's been a super meaningful series, and I believe that it could be for you as well. You know, last week was also Super Bowl Sunday, and Tim predicted that the Bengals were going to take down the Rams, but Matt Stafford and company had something different in plan. So I hope that you didn't lose too much money from your emergency fund, but I do hope you had a great time hanging out with friends and family and enjoying that game together. Hey everyone, uh, people been asking about my misdiagnosis of the Super Bowl, and, and I, you know, I apologize. I I was off my game. I, I missed a scripture that Daniel 8, 4 is going to sum it all up for you. I saw the ram budding westward, northward, and southward. Um, and no other, Daniel 8, 4, no other beasts could stand before him, nor was there anyone to rescue from his power. But he did as he pleased and magnified himself. Sadly, that's what I think happened. Um, really. Uh, but but here's what I got to tell you. Um, it's short-lived. The Rams are, are only going to win one. They're not going to repeat next year because the very next verse says that a goat comes and overtakes the ram. Okay. Um, and, and listen to this. While I was observing, a male goat was coming from the west over the surface of the whole earth without touching the ground. So that's cool. And the goat had a horn, a conspicuous horn between his eyes. You look this up. Had a conspicuous horn between his eyes. It's a unicorn goat in the Bible, people. Did you know that was in there? Um, man, and, the, and he came up to the ram and took him out. The, the unicorn goat did, okay? So the rams will not repeat next year, I promise you. And I don't know if the unicorn goat is what Washington's going to go with as their mascot so they can quit just being the football team or what. But that's, that, or is this whole thing a big fake out and Tom Brady comes back? as the unicorn goat and wins the Super Bowl next year. Maybe playing for Washington. I, I, I don't know. It's, it's just crazy to think about. I also wonder if the, you know, halftime show might have had something to do with it. I really enjoyed it, but I don't know. Um, all I know is uh, I messed up and I got to own it. Finally, as the online pastor, I would love to connect with you. Whether you join us from Orland Park and you just can't get to our physical locations, or if you're watching from anywhere around the world, let's get the conversation started. So you can either just shoot us a DM or email me online at parkviewchurch.com. Just would love to find out how we Parkview can best resource you, your family, and your friends, and, and help you feel like you are part of this church. Finally, thanks for being here today, and welcome to Parkview. can spend your whole life searching to find purpose, seeking fulfillment and placing your identity in things that are not only shallow, but worthless. You see, our souls seek refuge when life becomes a mess, so we chase after the empty promise that this world brings rest. But in the end, you'll find yourself trusting in something that isn't worth it, hoping to find reason and peace in the road. But yet we have hope and a reason to praise. You see, we've been given a promise that there's power in the name. So listen to the call and cling on to the message because it's only in Christ Jesus that there's hope for the restless. You see the promise of the spirit and the fruit that it bears. It's something truly so amazing that nothing can compare. And the truth of the matter is, is that it's a gift to us from God. You see the problem of feeling empty is what the entire gospel solved. Because Christ reigned, the Spirit came, and He gave hope unto the seeker. Now we can walk in freedom when we obey the Holy Teacher. Hate becomes love, emptiness becomes joy, and peace begins to fill up every last void. God gives patience through every storm and kindness beyond the norm and invites us into a goodness that has the power to reform. So have no fear. You can come as you are. The Holy Spirit makes the changes. All you have to do is start.
The Lord rules with faithfulness and he will never leave you guessing. The Holy Spirit leads the way and leaves us fruit, such a blessing. And along the way, we learn gentleness and self-control and gain the understanding that this path will never grow old. You see, the fruit of the Spirit, it's way more than just his character. It's the fruit that we enjoy when we step outside the barriers. When we step into the garden, we find peace, love, and joy, a perfect harmony wrapped together, and it's held in Jesus' arms. So what is next? After we accept the gift and taste the fruit, then are we able to see what it is that we're called to do? Share them. We're called to share the fruit of the Spirit. And God has shown us through Christ Jesus what it looks like to live a life of love. So as we engage the world around us, we can share the fruit that made new from what was. You see, the past is gone, a new creation has been born, and now we've been given hope that gives us fruit among the thorns. So take heart and be bold, because this life is worth sharing, and all we have to do is share the fruit that we're bearing. So go into the world and tell them all about your story. Tell them about the changes in your life, giving God all the glory. Show them that hate became love, emptiness became joy, and peace has filled up every last void. God gives patience through every storm and kindness beyond the norm and invites us into a goodness that has the power to reform. So have no fear. You can come as you are. The Holy Spirit makes the changes. All we have to do is start. Well, welcome to Parkview, everybody. We're glad that you guys are here to worship with us. Let's stand together today as we sing to God. Come on. We worship the God who was. We worship the God who is. We worship the God who evermore will be. He opened the prison doors. He pardoned the raging sea. My God, He holds a victory.
but in this world there's doesn't seem like there's a lot of hope so where is our hope where does it come from our hope comes from him and him alone you give life you are love you bring light to the darkness you give hope you restore
And whether we do that at the beginning or the end of service, uh, the when of communion is not the significant part, but why. And it's all about the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross and the invitation we all had to be part of that story. I was thinking about that on Monday this week on Valentine's Day as I, uh, at 5 o'clock p.m., stood at Jewel with all the other guys looking for flowers at a ridiculous fee, uh, looking for a card that was funny but also cute and romantic, you know, all those other things, and then sitting in the parking lot looking to make reservations somewhere and realizing everything's back open again and there's nowhere to get a reservation. And as I'm doing this, I'm a great husband, uh, as I'm doing this, I was just thinking, I'm going to put in a phone call to this place that Jamie and I go to pretty often and just see if they can take us despite my laziness. And I put in a call to some situation. They're like, you know what? Come on in. We've got a table for you. We've got a seat for you. We'll take care of you. And then, of course, my wife decided she wanted to take out instead. But despite that happening, uh, if, if we would have gone to the restaurant, here's what would have happened. I got this picture in just that phone call with this place as they said, oh, yeah, come on in. We've got a table for you of what communion is all about. And it's this invitation, despite anything we have done or haven't done, to be at the table and have a seat with the Savior of the world. And friends, despite anything you haven't done in your laziness like me to put in that phone call, if you don't feel like you're a regular here, if if you don't even know what that looks like, there's nothing that stands in the way of that place being prepared for you. And at Parkview, if you've never even taken communion before, if you're just figuring this old Jesus thing out and you want to take it, you're more than welcome to because it's not our table, it's Jesus's. And there's a seat that has been prepared for you before you even got in this room to be with him. So I want to just give you a moment before we take communion to sit in that truth as you hold the elements which represent the body and the blood that was broken and shed for you. And I'll invite you to access those, you know, in advance because they can be a little tricky sometimes. The top layer gets to the wafer, the bottom one gets to the juice. But just have a moment and come before the table of Jesus, whatever that looks like for you because it's been prepared for you. And he is right there with you, right here, right now. represents the body broken for you. Take and eat. And the juice, a symbol of the blood that was poured out for you. Take and drink. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, thank you for the breath that you have breathed into our lungs. And God, as we continue to worship, we just bring it back to you. God, even if we feel like we've been far from you, we know you're right here with us. So we just ask that you would be with us and encourage us in this time together. It's in your son's name that we pray. Amen. Would you stand as we continue to worship together?
circumstances, no matter if we feel hopeless, if we feel like there's nowhere to turn, if we feel like we're at the end of our rope, if we feel tired, exhausted, no matter what our circumstances are, God, you have been faithful and you will continue to be. And because of that, we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for worshiping with us today. You can go ahead and have a seat. Well, what is going on, guys? And welcome to Parkview. If you're brand new around here, I want to give you a special welcome. If you're online, we are thrilled to have you with us as well. My name is Kevin. I'm one of the pastors around here. And if you're just trying to check out this whole Parkview thing and you're not sure where to go, the best place is to parkviewchurch.info. It's a webpage we have built that shares all the information that goes on around Parkview week to week. And it's a great way for you to just know when I get an idea of what's happening around the church. And I was actually pretty excited today because even just outside those doors, we're collecting some baby supplies. And even beyond those doors, uh, we're doing something that you might not even realize. And our Parkview Go Global team at this very moment is out in Cancun uh, helping build some of the church projects, helping hang out with the community and the kids out there, and doing some incredible things and being the hands and feet of Jesus. And that would only happen, and that can only happen, because this is a very generous place that is filled with generous people. And if you'd like to get an idea of what that looks like, maybe partner alongside us in that generosity, if you go to that parkviewchurch.info link or text the word GIVE to 65649 or stop at any of those giving boxes on your way out, that's the best way for you to just stay on mission with us. Something else pretty exciting is what is going on next weekend. We are starting a new sermon series, and it is actually based around the show The Chosen, uh, which is an incredible show. If you have not had the chance to see it, we got a chosen fan in the house. I like it. Uh, if you have not had the chance to see it, if you download our Parkview app, you can actually catch up on the show. It's an incredible chance that gives us a perspective of Jesus from those who actually walked alongside him and maybe can make what feels slightly unbelievable to you a little more believable, which is why we're calling it unbelievable. Pretty witty, right? You like that? Uh, so that's going to be happening next weekend. Also next weekend, we have Discover Parkview happening at 10 o'clock here at the Orland campus. It's a great way for you to come, learn about Parkview's history, learn what's going on around Parkview, meet some of our staff, some of our pastors, and just learn what a next step for you around here might look like. You can go online and register for Discover Parkview at our website. Again, 10 o'clock next Sunday. It's going to be a lot of fun. And the reason we do all of that stuff, the reason we have the ministries we have around Parkview is because we believe everyone on their journey with Jesus, every single one of us in this room has a next step and maybe even a first step on that journey. It was just 10 years ago that I walked into this very room a very lost, insecure, awkward kid, still pretty awkward, and sent an email into the church and said, I just don't know where to go and I want to get plugged in. And that one step, my first step, changed the rest of my life. And obviously I'm biased because I work here and my boss is currently in the room, so if you don't want to take my word for it, uh, I have a buddy of mine who shared a little bit of his story, who I got the chance to meet just a couple months ago at a local bar at this thing we do called Alpha. So as we head into this final week of our sermon series on how to be a better human, this is my friend Dan. It was unexpected. Previous day, he was fine talking to me. He's like, I'll be home next Monday. And then I woke up the next day after work to a phone call by my mom saying he passed away. I'm like, are you kidding me? I was, I was cursing God. I was, for what I did believe at the time, if there was a God, I was cursing him. I, I thought he was a, a hateful God. I was like, why would you take this from me? This is the thing I cherish the most. Why would you take my, God, my, my dad from me at that age, especially? I was blacking out every day. I, I just wanted life to end. 
every time I'd go home, I'd black out, like, as soon as I got home, and it was kind of, I was hoping for the worst, like, so I was seeing my life go on a decline steadily and a f real fast. I saw posts, various posts through Instagram, something as small as social media, from Kelly, who's now my girlfriend, and uh, I seen her just, what can I do to pray for you today? And I reached out while I was blacked out. She, she talked to me, she was just there for me. She, she invited me to Alpha, something as small as that she, she was doing. She invited me to Alpha and it's changed my life. How we doing, Parkview? We good? <laughs> good to see you. Good to see you, everybody around the city, Orland Park around here, Homer Glen and New Lenox, everybody uh, all around the country, and uh, it's good, good to be together. And what an incredible story, right, from Dan. Can we just thank Dan for sharing some of his story with us all around the city? Uh, man, I, I love that, and uh, the, the fact that he would be willing to admit that he has some doubts about God, uh, about faith, about the Bible, about church, about all those things uh, is pretty incredible. And then he sees a simple social media post uh, from Kelly, who's now his girlfriend, and uh, yeah, 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 hello, cheers, um, and uh, shows up at this thing called Alpha. And I just want you to know that Alpha is something that we partner with here at Parkview and other churches all across the country. And maybe if you or your kids or your grandkids have questions, have doubts about God or, or, or the Bible, is this really what it says it is and how did we get this thing? Alpha is an incredible, incredible place for you to come, gather with other people, and just be real and honest and ask questions. The cool thing about Parkview is we're not only gathering at our campuses on the weekend, we're gathering all around the city at all kinds of different places to talk about Jesus and faith. Amen? Amen? So if you're interested in that, if you would like to be a part of Alpha, uh, check that out. If you want to see the rest of Dan's story, uh, we'll put that up on the screen, the, the rest of the Parkview website. We showed you just a little bit of his story. If you want to hear the rest of how everything goes down, you can do that. If you just want to see his amazing mustache some more, um, you can also go see the rest of that uh, online as well. Uh, so, glad you're here. We are wrapping up this series uh, this weekend called How to Be a Better Human. And I trust that over the last five weeks, we have all become a little bit better at being human, right? Uh, not perfect. We're not aiming at perfect. We're aiming for progress. We're not going to be perfect humans, but we can make progress in the kind of people that we are, not just in here, but out there during the week. And what we've been talking about the last few weeks is our impulses versus the spirit and, and going from anger to joy and anxiety to peace and impatience to patience and meanness to kindness and selfishness to goodness and doubt to faith and harshness to gentleness and indulgence to self-control. We've been going through all of these and, and today we're going to move from hatred to love and we're actually not going to talk a lot about hatred because... We have a lot to talk about in love, but it, they are kind of the opposite extremes. But I just want you to know that today, as we wrap up the series, today is a love day. Okay, if you are in love, if you would like to be in love someday, maybe you are dating, maybe you are engaged, maybe you have a fiance, maybe you are falling in love, maybe you are trying to stay in love. Today is for you. It's a love weekend. Okay? You see how my voice got lower like that? It's kind of very, it's a love weekend. Okay? All right? The verse that we've been talking about in this whole series, really our anchor verse, if you will, is found in Galatians chapter 5. It says, but when the Holy Spirit controls our lives, he will produce this kind of fruit in us. Love, joy, peace, patience kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. 
I've mentioned to you before that I grew up in the church with this section of scripture. I heard it a lot. I heard people all the way through my young adult years preach Galatians chapter 5. I've probably heard it preached 20, 30, 40, maybe 50 times. And every single time I heard this section of scripture preached, it was always like this ultimate to-do list. If you want to be a better person, if you want to be a better Christian, a better dad, a better mom, a better friend, a better fiance, whatever it is, if you want to be better, this is what you need to do. This is like your to-do list for being a better Christian. And here's what I just want to make sure we all are reminded of as we wrap up this series. This is not a to-do list. This is a result list. This passage is a picture of what walking with the Holy Spirit can look like. This is not the fruit of the person who's raised in a Christian home, for instance, We've, we've mentioned this before, right? Being raised in a Christian home is fantastic, but just being raised in a Christian home does not mean you're going to be more loving or joyful or peaceful. This is not the fruit of the person who has a great job. This is not the fruit of the person who comes to a Parkview campus every single weekend. That's fantastic that we gather together, but just coming to a Parkview campus does not make you more good or faithful or general or self-controlled. This is not the fruit of the person you know, who leads a small group and, and never gets angry or never swears or anything like that. This is the fruit of the Spirit. And I know this is a bit mysterious, how the Spirit works in us. But the truth is we do not produce or earn or conjure up or pull off these things on our own. We'll only be frustrated if we try to do that. The truth is that every single one of us on all of our campuses, we must have the Holy Spirit living inside of us in order to live out these things on a regular, weekly, monthly, yearly basis. We can do it for a few hours or a few days maybe, but to continually live in these things, we must have the Holy Spirit in us. And maybe right now you're thinking, okay, Todd, great, super. How do we do that? How do you get that Holy Spirit thing, right? I'm glad you asked. In the Bible in Acts chapter 2, Peter is talking to a group of people as the first church is, is just beginning. It's the first church is just launching in the book of Acts in the Bible. And Peter's standing with a group of people and he says, hey, if, if you really want to live this thing out, if you really want to have this power in your life to live in a way that maybe you could never live on your own, here's what you do. You repent. You turn your ways from the way you're living and you're baptized. You're plunged and baptized, every single one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will what? Receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. When we give our lives to Jesus, when we're plunged into him, I know for certain because we're told that that's one of the ways that God, through his spirit, comes and inhabits our lives. And he allows us, all of us, to live out this joy and this peace and this patience and kindness and all of these things that we can never actually do long term on our own. And so today, again, we're going to pull all of this together and wrap up this series by talking about love. Everybody say love. Love, that was pretty good. We love lots of things, don't we? We all love lots of things. In fact, right now, just get in your head something that you love. Just think about something you love. Just put it in your head, something you love. Think about something you love. Now, turn to a person next to you and tell them what's in your head. Tell them what you love. Tell them what you love. Just go ahead and do it. Turn to the person next to you, all of our campuses. Tell them what you love. Wonderful. Now, hopefully, you turn to the person, especially if it was your spouse or your fiance, you turn to them and you didn't say, like, pizza or cars, or motorcycles. Hopefully you said them. You have the wisdom to say them, right? We love all kinds of different things. Here's a few things I've seen people loving and I've been loving in my life. Where I live in Southern California, there's a lot of love for these folks right now. Okay, I know that's not very popular. I know Tim's prediction on this was wrong. 
I'm a Bengals fan. I'd be a Bengals fan. My, my in-laws live in Cincinnati, but there's a whole lot of love going around for these folks right now. And people, just, people love the L.A. Rams. Another love that I've found recently, and, and I'm trying to kind of, I don't know if some of you noticed my beard. It's kind of grown out a little bit. It's, it's a Christmas gift. My wife is allowing me to grow it um, for, for the last couple months. And I've been, I've been kind of digging into beards and stuff like that. And here's what I've realized. A lot of guys have amazing beards. And here, here's the thing. Some of you know this. People who have beards, they love them. People love their beards, okay? And I love, I love looking at beards. Here's, here, here's really cool. I mean, this guy, look at that. I mean, it's like, hello. I mean, it's like you just want to get an ax, right? I mean, it's like he's got an incredible beard. And fantastic. I, I picture this guy. I mean, look, that's a little crazy. Okay, it's getting a little out of hand. Um, but here's where I'm going. Here's where I'm going. Some of you are thinking, Todd, what are you doing with this? You're kind of in between here on the beard. What, what, like, like, where are you headed with this thing? Here's where I'm headed. Are you ready? Are you ready to see where I'm headed? Boom. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's, that's like, I'm going, I'm going in that direction, okay? Getting, getting that beard whole thing going. We, we love all kinds of things. Here, here's another thing that me and my family are really loving right now. This was under our tree on Christmas on December 23rd. We actually did this. Here's what we got. We got a little puppy. His name's Rainbow. He's a little golden doodle. We just call him Bo, but it's Rainbow. And, uh, we're, and he's got teeth like a shark. If you saw my arms, it's, it, he's, 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 he's brutal, okay? But we, we love Rainbow. And this is, this is a picture of my wife, me and Renee. And I, just, I love her. And uh, so we love all kinds of things in our lives, right? Renee and I actually, just this last weekend, on uh, Valentine's weekend, was last weekend, by the way, uh, if you forgot, uh, <laughs> We led a marriage retreat for about 40 couples. We were with 40 different couples, and we talked a lot about love. And the big question that we were really putting out there uh, for, for us about love is, is, is this question. Is it possible for two people to fall in love and stay in love forever? Is that even possible? And that's really the question that a whole lot of married people and even unmarried people are asking these days. Is it possible to fall in love and to stay in love long term? Like till death do us part forever? Or am I only kidding myself that that is really possible? Because I mean, I look at my parents and my parents, they definitely fell in love, but I wouldn't say they stayed in love because they're not together anymore. So I'm just wondering if that's possible. Or we begin to look around at the world and we see culture, we see people in sports, we see people in movies and and music and things like that. And it seems like every single week, somebody famous is falling in love and then falling out of love. And the question a lot of times that we ask ourselves, especially for younger people, is this, is it really possible? Have I set my heart and my mind on something that is actually very, 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 very unlikely to happen? Is it even possible to fall in love and stay in love forever? Now, Here's what's kind of fascinating. Despite what most all of us have seen in friendships or family, where love doesn't always last, despite what most of us have seen in culture, where there's people always falling in and out of love, despite what we've seen in our own personal lives and relationships where things don't always work out with people, despite all of that, there's still something deep down inside most of us that says, yep, it could happen for me. I could do it. I could fall in love and stay in love. In fact, most of us would say, I'm going to do it. I'm going to fall in love. I'm going to find somebody that I can grow old with. We have that belief down inside of us. I'm going to find somebody and one day, you know, we're going to be in walkers and we're going to be going eating dinner at 3 p.m. at the early bird. And, you know, we're going to be driving 35 in a 65. And, you know, when our hands, when we hold hands, they're going to be shaky. And we may get up five times every night to go to the bathroom. But when people, when people see us, 
When people look at us, they're going to go, yeah, 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 look at them. Look at the ones with the shaky hands walking in at dinner at 3 p.m. They did it. They did it. They fell in love. And then they stayed in love. They did it. They didn't just fall in love. Now, when it comes to falling in love, we probably need to spend about five seconds talking about this because that's all it really takes. All you really need to fall in love is a pulse, right? Okay, you got a pulse, you can fall in love. It's super easy to fall in love. Some of you, even this weekend, around all these campuses, you're in love with people that you've never even met. They're people in movies or on TV or on Netflix, and you're like, oh, I love him. Oh, I do, Todd. I do. I love him. It is so easy to fall in love. There's hundreds of websites and organizations where you can put together a profile And then they will do some kind of like magical, mathematical algorithm and and they'll help you find somebody to match you up with and and you can fall in love and and get to know them. And listen, I'm I'm not criticizing that because probably many of you have fallen in love through that kind of thing. I have a number of friends who have been on these dating websites and they have fallen in love. They have gotten engaged. They are happily married. So I'm not knocking that. I'm just saying this. That a lot of times when you look at those websites, they're, they're not completely truthful. People are not completely honest about who they really are as you get ready to fall in love with them. In fact, this last week I was reading some things on the internet I thought were great. They, they decode. We're going to like decode what some of these say. And some of you are going to think it's really funny. And others of you are going to think, Todd, that's just mean. You're being mean. And I just want you to know, if you think this is mean, don't get mad at me. Get mad at the internet, okay? Because I, 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 didn't, I didn't do it, Okay. So here, here, here's just some of the decoding of these, these dating kind of websites. For instance, if a girl says that she's 40-ish, that means she's 49 and a half. Okay, it just, it just does. So just guys, just, just know that. Now, if a guy says he's in his 40s, that means he's actually 54. Okay, there's a four in his age, it's just not the first number in his age, okay? If a guy says he's huggable, that means he's overweight. Okay, it just he's, he's got some pounds to drop. Just know that, ladies. If a guy says on his little bio on these websites, if a guy says, I'm laid back and close to my family, that means he still lives at home. In his parents' basement, he has no job and he hopes you do have a job. Okay, translation, that's what that means. If a girl says, I'm bubbly and I'm fun, that means... She talks all the time. Okay, she will not shut up. That's what that means. Some of you are going, Todd, that's just mean. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just trying to be honest. And I'm trying to tell you this. Listen, listen, listen. It has never been easier to fall in love and more difficult to stay in love. In our world, there's so many ways, there's so many avenues, there's so many things. It's never been easier to fall in love, but it's also never been more difficult to stay in love. And there's a lot of reasons for that. There was a study done a while back uh, asking this question, what does it take for us when we are kids, when we are like children? What do we have to get inside of us when we're in our homes being raised in order to have these really loving, lasting, enduring relationships as we get into adulthood? What do we need to get in us as a kid to experience these enduring, lasting relationships as an adult. And here's what this study found. Here's, here's really it. Here's all you need to get in you. You just need respect, encouragement, comfort, security, support, acceptance, approval, appreciation, attention, and affection. No biggie, right? I mean, we all got all that. <laughs> Hello? That's all you need when you're growing up, when you're in your home. You just need regular, big doses of respect, encouragement, comfort, security, support, acceptance, approval, appreciation, attention, and affection. That's all you need. But it's not only you. It gets a little more complicated because also the person that you're falling in love with, the person that you're, you know, wanting to be the rest of your life with, not only do you need that, the person you're falling in love with also needs respect, encouragement, 
comfort, security, support, acceptance, approval, appreciation, attention, and affection, right? And what happens a lot of times for us as adults is we begin to step into, or as, as young people, we begin to step into our adult years and we find somebody that we are falling in love with and we say to ourselves, hey, are you going to give me respect, encouragement, comfort, security, support, acceptance, approval, appreciation, attention, or an affection, or are you just really cute? Do you just have a good personality? Do you just have a good job or a nice car or that sort of thing? Pastor Andy Stanley says it like this. I think this is so good. He says, what begins as a hug around the neck becomes a stranglehold. <laughs> oh, I, do. I, love, I love you so much. I love, I love you too. You now. Right? I love you. And then now it's like, it's like the headlock. It's like WWE. It's like now I need you to give me respect and encouragement and comfort and security and support and acceptance and approval and appreciation and attention and affection. I need you to give me all of those things because you see, I came into this relationship with a deficit. And so did you. And so I'm going to squeeze these things out of you and you're going to squeeze these things out of me. And is it any wonder that about six months into many relationships, the things that caused us to fall in love are not always the things that allow us to stay in love. And here's what's good news for us today. The Bible through Galatians talking about love and the fruit of the Spirit and also Jesus who we're trying to model our lives after and, and live towards. Jesus speaks into all of this. Several thousand years ago, Jesus gives us a foundation for how to have these strong, lasting love relationships, whether it's in marriage or friendship or whatever. And so we're going to take a look at that today. And I just want you to know this. When we start to study this, it's so simple. What we're getting ready to read in the Bible from Jesus is so simple. You're going to just want to dismiss it. It's something you've probably heard before. And as soon as we read it, the first thing that's probably going to go through your mind is, okay, Todd, what else? What else you got? I mean, surely you have more, right? There's more. You're going to bring us more. And you're going to be thinking in your mind, Todd, I'm going to need more today because guess what, Todd? He's here or she's here. She's here with me. And he or she doesn't even really like church, but they're here today. And so, Todd, I need you to share with us the secret to not only falling, but staying in love. And we're going to do that. Actually, I'm not going to do that. Jesus is going to do that. And it's so simple. It's so accessible. It's so available to every one of us. But it's also so rare that people really do this in relationships. Here's what Jesus says. It's brilliant. And you'll understand why in a moment. Here's what Jesus says about falling and staying in love long term. John chapter 13, verse 34. A new command I give you. Love one another. Have a good day. Love one another. And some of you, are, it's so simple, right? And, and some of you, like right now, you're, you're saying, Todd, whoa, whoa, okay, wait, wait a minute. Like, you flew here for that? <laughs> like, Todd, you need to study more, okay? <laughs> you need better sermons, Todd. It's so simple, I know. But it's also so revolutionary. It's so clever. What Jesus is doing in this verse, when you dig into it and you start pulling it apart, you see what Jesus is doing is he's taking a word that we usually use as a noun and he's making it a verb. Something we usually use as a noun, a person, place, or thing, and he's making it a verb. He, Jesus says, okay, here's the deal. You want these kinds of relationships? Here's what you do. You go and love one Another, actively, it's an action. This is just my opinion about Jesus. I, I don't really know this for certain, but I just have this idea that if Jesus were living in our day right now, he would probably not 
be considered by a lot of people a great marriage counselor. Because I think a lot of times, you know, you go to Jesus and you bring Jesus your stuff about your spouse and, you know, you say, well, you know, okay, Jesus, well, he, he, you know, he doesn't do this and she doesn't do that and he never, she always. And Jesus would say, okay, okay, yeah, okay, but here, here's, here, 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 okay, here's, here's the thing, time out. Are you loving him? Are you loving her? And Jesus, and, and we say, but, but you, 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 you heard what she was doing, right? I mean, you heard how she's acting. I mean, I used to love her. Jesus says, no, 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 not used to. Are you now currently loving her, loving him? Love is not a noun. Love is a verb. It's action. And you, you may say, well, Todd, but I, I, but I don't love him. I don't love her. Listen, listen, you're nouning, you're nouning him. You need to verb him. Don't noun her. Verb her. Are you with me? It's clever, but it's brilliant. He's taking what was a noun and making it a verb. Don't noun him. Verb him. In fact, how about, how about this? You want, you want something to remember? The foundation to staying in love is to make love. Dramatic pause. A verb. The foundation to staying in love is to make love. A verb. Some of you are really excited about that until I put the last couple of words. And I can tell you this. This doesn't need to go anywhere. Don't share, don't share this with anybody, okay? But I'll also tell you this. The, the more you make love a verb, the more you'll make love. So just true, okay? Just telling you. That, that's, like, that's free, okay? It's true. Here's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, listen, listen. This, this is not something you fall into and fall out of. This, this love thing with your friendships, with your fiancé, it's an action. It's something you choose to do every single day. It's not just a thing. It's, it's something that you live out. And he doesn't stop there. He continues on in verse 34. A new command I give you, love one another. And then he says this, as I have loved you. You must love, verb, love one another. So Jesus is saying, listen, listen, especially for just a moment for those of you who are dating, fiance, married, Jesus is saying, listen, when it comes to love, don't take your cues from culture. Don't even take your cues from your parents who may have done it really well or may not have done it really well. Don't take your cues from your fiance's parents who may or may not. I mean, that, that's great. You can respect all these people, but Jesus says, listen, love as I have loved you, actively surrendering myself, giving my life, my energy, my devotion, sacrificing for you, actively loving others. And Jesus, of course, is always doing this in partnership with who? The Holy Spirit. Like we're talking about in Galatians, the Holy Spirit produces this fruit in us. Jesus is always talking about, I don't do anything that my Father doesn't tell me to do. I and the Father and the Spirit are one. We're this trinity of people. And the Holy Spirit is indeed who is allowing Jesus to live in this way. Him being fully present with and yielded to the Spirit of God even in his life. Some of the most famous words that make love action in the Bible are in the book of 1 Corinthians. And some of you have probably seen this if you've been to a wedding recently or probably a wedding ever. You see this section of scripture all about love and all of the action points of love. It's in 1 Corinthians 13. It says that love is patient and love is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not boast. Love is not proud, love is not rude, love is not self-seeking, love is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but love rejoices with the truth. Love always protects, love always trusts, love always hopes, love always perseveres, love never fails. What I do occasionally, just in my quiet time, to see how I'm doing on love, 
to see how I'm yielding to the Spirit in my life, which is a very mysterious, hard thing to do a lot of times. What I do a lot of times is I just take the word love that we have underlined here in this verse. And if you looked at my Bible, it's got all kinds of markings all over this. I take out the word love and I just put my name in. Todd is patient. Todd is kind. And I'm trying to give myself little grades on this. Am I really doing this? Todd does not envy, really. Envying people's beards all the time. (laughs) Not my wife's beard, but other people's. That was terrible. Todd does not boast, Todd is not proud, Todd is not rude, Todd is not self-seeking, Todd is not easily angered, Todd keeps no record of wrongs, really. Todd does not delight in evil, but Todd rejoices with the truth, Todd always protects. Todd always trusts, Todd always hopes, Todd always perseveres. That should say Todd's love never fails, not Todd never fails. But is that me? Is that who I am? Is that how I'm living? It's maybe a good way to do this, to think through this, is this love in action coming through me in my life. To pull this all together today, I want to just be really transparent with you and really honest because I think a lot of times uh, I just let you see what I want you to see about me. And so here's just a transparent piece. I already mentioned to you that last weekend on Valentine's, Renee and I led a marriage retreat. And we had 40 couples there and we spent about seven or eight hours, three sessions, talking about love and relationships, talking about different tools on how you stay, you know, close and surrendered to each other and believing the best and all that. So we did that marriage retreat. And then on Monday, as you know, it was Valentine's Day. And Renee and I spent pretty much the whole day together. We didn't, and what I'm saying is we didn't just have a date. We spent the whole day. So we did a marriage retreat. We spent pretty much the whole day of Valentine's Day together on Monday. And then I've been writing, reading, researching, getting ready to preach to you for several weeks now about love. So guys, I'm up, I'm up to here in love. I mean, like a lot of love. Okay. But this last week, just a few days ago on Tuesday, I got up and Renee and I got a little sideways. She didn't, she had not done something I thought she should do. I was getting ready to go to Phoenix on a trip Tuesday and Wednesday. And I just want you to know, as I left for that trip, I I was not super loving towards her. I didn't treat her the way I should have. What I'm admitting to you is that I can't, I can't pull, I know in my own flesh and desire, I can't pull this off on my own because I always want what I want and what I need and it needs to work out for me. And I'm telling you, I can't pull off love on my own and I preach about it and study it a lot. Let alone the joy and the peace and the patience and the kindness and the goodness and the mercy and the gentleness and the self-control. I can't do this. And maybe you're thinking, Todd, I'm with you, I'm with you, I'm with you. But here's the good news. Here's what God says. God says to you and to me, I can. I am able to do those things. Remember, these are the fruit of the Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit controls our lives, He will produce this kind of fruit in us. The love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. The Holy Spirit can do in you and me what we cannot do on our own. And in the Bible, in Acts chapter 2, we read it earlier, it says that if you and I give our lives to Jesus, if we're plunged and baptized into him, that we will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit that allows us to live in this way. Around here at Parkview, this is the year of first steps. First steps. And so may I say this to you, if you have never accepted Jesus into your life as your personal Lord and Savior and been plunged and baptized into him, thus receiving his spirit living inside of you, if you've never done that, let that be your first step. Make a decision this weekend to talk to somebody. And to do that and begin to surrender and live in a way that you could never live on your own. Let's pray together.
God, thanks for today. Thanks for gathering us all up here together and some of us coming from really good week and some of us from really hard weeks. But God, thank you for the energy and the health that we have to gather, to study, to sing, to point our hearts towards you, to be inspired, to learn how we can be better, how we can love more consistently, not just fall, but stay in love. God, thank you for the way you stay in love with us. That no matter what we do, no matter where we go or what we say, you stay. You stay in love with us. Let us lean into that if we need to. Let us take first steps towards you this weekend. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Everyone says? Amen. Amen. All right, would you stand up with me? We'll have a little uh, benediction here as we head out. You know, I know we have a benediction that we usually talk through and speak through, but I just feel like I want to say this as we pull all of this series together. You and I have studied a lot about what it means to live in the Spirit. We've learned that we have the Holy Spirit available to us and living in us. And so, listen, Parkview, may you, by the power and presence of the Holy Spirit, go out this week and be better at being human. Amen? Have a great week. Love you all.